You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't set that hospitality. I want it. Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. I am uh, via Skype. With my good friend Rich Duncan. Hi, Rich. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks so much, Biggs. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we'll talk about werewolves any day of the week. Rich is a werewolf expert, besides being a comedian and a writer and a TV hotshot. He uh, co wrote the book, The Werewolf's Guide to Life, a manual for the newly bitten. And uh, so people who buy it are people who are bitten, is the idea, right? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, tongue in cheek uh, survival guide in the vein of, um, uh, is it? God, it's been so long. Is it Zombie Survival Guide? It is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tongue-in-cheek for you. Others, it might be life. You know, they need it. So you, who else is better to talk about uh, werewolf films than you? And there's one that everyone keeps telling me we have to review, and it's so great. It's called Wolf Cop. It's from Canada. It's been called the best Canadian film of 2014. Uh, it's not like Teen I guess the idea is that it's Teen Wolf, but but it's a cop. Is that the, That's the feeling you get. When you watch it, when you first hear the film, is that what you thought? Uh, I would definitely say it's the uh, best Canadian cop-based werewolf film I've ever seen. Uh, Not even just of 2014, but just overall. Of all time, of wow. all time. That yes, is ballsy. I like. That. <laughs> uh, honestly. Um, when you say uh, Teen Wolf, I assume you're referencing the TV show, not the uh, not the movie. No, I'm definitely talking about the movie. Now, Holy, have you oh, seen okay. the? Yeah, because you all right. So the thing about Teen Wolf, the movie with Michael J. Fox, is only one for me. Um, was that when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is another. I don't even know. I, I only went because you know I love Back to the Future so much. But sure. There's, spoiler alert, and it's a 50 year old film, so get over it. But when he reveals to his dad that he's a wolf, and his dad reveals that he's a wolf, that was like the best scene because all these movies are always about not always about being a wolf or being a vampire. It's about keeping a secret. Yeah. And this time we got real, like the movie Ted, uh, the teddy bear talks, everybody knows. So now we can have fun with it. Yeah. Instead of being about how do we lie to my wife? How do we lie to my sister? It's uh, how do we have fun with this? And that became what uh, so great about that movie. Yeah, that's that's definitely, I'd say that uh, other than the fact that the werewolf plays basketball and doesn't eat people, that's the high point of the movie. <laughs> 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 and it's it's arguable as to whether it would be a better movie if he just turned into a werewolf and ate everyone in the gym. It's a different it's a different film. Yeah, what if he won and then ate everybody? Everyone thinks he's a hero and then they <laughs> run out screaming and yelling. <laughs> You're right. It'd be better, yeah, if he took care of business, won the game, and then slaughtered everyone. Yeah. And they're like, he can't help it. He's a werewolf. <laughs> Uh, but, but I know I think I think you're right that in terms of sort of innovating and what's always what I love about different werewolf movies is how each one sort of uh, tackles their mythology and having that very traditional scene of him of Michael J. Fox kind of you know th there's a million metaphors you can use with werewolves with any monster movie really but the the idea of it, Teen Wolf kind of played the puberty angle you know oh, where's this hair coming from. You know, knocking on the bathroom door, what are you doing in there? That kind of thing. It, it, it played it right by the numbers, but then to have him open the door and have the dad be there and have that mythology be that you're a werewolf, but you're not savage. You know, you're just sort of hairier, and it's just this thing that happens. That was a that's a neat thing. And I think um, uh, 
Wolf Cop does a very good job of sort of creating its own mythology as well. Because he is a cop, he is a werewolf, but he doesn't help people. And I mean, he does eventually, but he does eat people. He does kill people. Mm-hmm. Right. So we meet our future werewolf. He's a drunk cop. We know this because his alarm goes off and he's tired and there's bottles around, right? All the, the tropes that let us know that he's a drunk. Well, the interestingly enough, when I first started watching the movie, um, the, the film it reminded me of more was not a werewolf movie. It reminded me of Shakes the Clown. How's that? It just starts out with that exact same sort of bad hangover wake up scene. And, and one thing I think is neat about what Wolf Cop does uh, with having a drunk character is you do have that. It, it fits into werewolf mythology nicely with the oh, what the hell did I do last night? You know, so deciding to make him a blackout drunk gives you a nice overlap of, oh, you know, if he does do something that's werewolfy, he's got normal behavior. It's kind of similar to uh, Shaun of the Dead, where, you know, everyone in England is boring and slumping around. And, you know, and it's when they turn out to be zombies, you can't tell for 10 minutes. It's, you know, if, if you're a blackout drunk, how would you know if you're a werewolf for the first couple of days? He's not surprised. I mean, he woke up in the morning and he doesn't know what happened the first night that he is a werewolf. And. It could be any drunk <laughs> night for him. Um, something just crashed in my apartment. So something some, ghosts. something just cried? Crashed, crashed. Oh, crashed, all right. Yeah, there's ghosts. That's the next <laughs> film. <laughs> all right. But, <laughs> hold on a second, let me tell the ghosts. We're not talking about you yet. We're doing <laughs> werewolves. Jesus. We'll do Ghost Dad later. Uh, so, yeah, so he does, he's a blackout drunk. He, so he goes, to the comp, he goes to the police station and he's a shitty cop. Yeah. But no one cares. Oh, and also, like, uh, Shakes the Clown, you know, he, he spends sort of the boring drive in the terrible town with the terrible morning DJ. You know, it's sort of this uh, town that is half fictional and half real. Um, and uh, it, just, it just felt to me, especially, and the comedy as well, where a lot of the comedy came out of it being just a terrible, terrible place. Yeah, to begin with, kind of like Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah. Right, it's a terrible place. And also that DJ, the worst gig in the world. I mean, that's local radio. That's for 500 people, mm-hmm. you know, who are listening, hopefully in their car. Hopefully, you know, they don't have a CD player in their car. They don't listen to MP3s. So then you got your audience. But the, the trope of the the radio and the trope of the um, answering machine message that someone clicks when they get home to hear, you know, who they are, so you can hear uh, exposition about who they are and, and who their friends are. Those might have to go away. We might have to replace those. We had to replace the um, having to get to the payphone to warn a person or having to get to the person's house to warn them because you can just call them on the cell. Mm-hmm. So now the person has to be in a non-cell area, has to be in a swamp. So we have to run to the swamp. Yeah. I, yeah. You know what's going on with the crashing? Uh, my, uh, my cats are outside the door and they're slamming another door against it. So I'll open this door. Your cats are bum-rushing the podcast. <laughs> yes, they want to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, that's the other interesting thing in this movie that they do is... Uh, I, 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 but the first time I watched it, I, uh, I have a uh, Werewolf Guide to Life uh, Twitter feed. And um, I've actually interacted with the cast of, uh, of, you know, like Lowell Dean is the director. And I've kind of gone back and forth with him. And I, um, I don't do much promotion of the book anymore. But I do really kind of like sort of talking to the, the horror fans and the werewolf fans and... Uh, Yes, even the furries uh, will chime in on stuff. What do the furries want to talk about? Uh, Well, do you know there's tons of furries who are werewolf fans? Uh huh. Because it's you know it's a it's a dude in a fur suit. That's that's pretty hot for them. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is kind of like a porn for them. 
I, so. I, you know, I think uh, I, I will say that there are definitely people on our Twitter feed who are enjoying, uh, who have enjoyed uh, the Werewolf's Guide to Life uh, in a way that I did not intend. But you know, uh, more like a nice nin for those guys. You, you you put the work out there, and if they enjoy it, I'm happy. So um, uh, you were talking to the cast and the people from uh, Wolf Cup. Well, they Twitter. just yeah, they they did a terrific job with the sort of the social media presence, and they just you know because just how funny it is that it's called Wolf Cop and that they own it. And, and it's all DIY and it was really, you know, I mean, I like to support as many different sort of small projects as I can with the Twitter feed, you know, because it's such a, a small focused audience that, you know, nine times out of 10, if somebody says, Hey, I wrote a werewolf short story, give me a retweet. It's like, yeah, of course, dude. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll push it out. The werewolf community. You don't turn your back on the werewolf community. <laughs> you don't, you don't turn your right? back on the werewolf community. I mean, you know, cause it's like, what, what does it cost me to, to throw them a link? You know what I mean? Like they can go look at it. I mean, you know, occasionally I'll look at a link and if it's like really terrible, you know, I wouldn't do it. But I mean, in the early stages of this game, nobody's making any money and they're all trying to, you know, either do something scary or do something funny or even do something sexy and whatever, man. Like, you know, if I have, it's not like I have a huge following. I might have, I've, here's the thing. I have no idea how many followers I have. I might have 3,500 followers. They say but, it on the thing. You know that. They print it. Yeah, I know, but that's. They the, don't hide it from me. <laughs> they do, but I, I'm so not interested you know what i mean like i i don't you know if i gained or lost 100 followers i would not know i don't pay attention to it it's 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 populated enough with people who like the genre enough that if i post something there'll be a conversation about it so anyway long story fascinating i uh when i watched wolf cop for the first time i was like well it took me forever to watch it i just never got around to it with the kid and this and that and then i was getting ready for this podcast and i was like i was like that's it i'm just gonna uh I'm I'm because I'm, it was on Netflix and I'm like I'm just going to get drunk and uh and live tweet Wolf Cop for the first time. <laughs> I'm going to get drunk, pick up my daughter at soccer practice, drive <laughs> I mean, back I, and then I, to be fair, I, I started it I think it was I think it was Friday night probably. I think I started the movie around like 10 after 12. So, uh-huh. you know, this I, I figured with the attitude of this movie that is exactly the way I should experience it the first time. And because I'm old, I didn't get through it. But uh I enjoyed myself. That's good. Yeah, I don't drink, but I have a newborn, so I do feel drunk when I watch things after 10 o'clock, <laughs> right? Like this movie, I had to go back for watch a scene. I was like, oh my God, I don't remember any of this. So I had to watch it over mm-hmm. again, and I just watched it a week ago. Yeah, yep. it is fun. You get to see it twice. But the uh, but the point, especially specifically with uh, sort of it being like Shakespeare the Clown or a cult comedy or something like that, was as I was live tweeting the movie, just sort of you know throwing out my little observations about it, I put out, uh, they have... In the opening scene, the uh, you know the, the Lugaru, the cop, drives by, and he's, you see all these uh, posters up saying like "missing dogs, missing cats," and um, right. we have like a, a, a joke in our book uh, that says something like, "Whatever you do when you're a werewolf, if you want to keep uh, keep it quiet, don't eat dogs and cats because you know the people are going to be very upset about it if it ever comes out. You know, it's like just look at Michael Vick; you just don't mess around with dogs. You know, like they're uh-huh. they're you know they're they're easy and tasty, but uh, you know." But you got you got to stay away from dogs and cats, um, and so like immediately someone tweets me back with the phrase "nipples the cat," and I was like, "What the hell are you even talking about?" And when I saw the movie again, that's one of the like the, just randomly one of the cats is named Nipples the cat, and like that's a thing that a fan who'd seen this movie four times was like keyed in on and loved, which is exactly the way I would watch shakes when i was in college you know we knew the names of all the little clowns and all the little tiny lines and it's almost like embracing the minutiae of a cult film like that is almost more important than 
the plot itself. So nipples doesn't mean anything on its own. Mm-hmm. It's just that's the name of the cat in the movie. There's no right. The, the, the joke is yeah. Lore. Because there are a lot of references to other um, werewolf movies. There's a couple to Teen Wolf, the original Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's on the IMDb page, and I think I put it on our page. But uh, it, let me see. That uh, the be- the wacky best friend. I think that's he's he owns the uh, mechanic shop. Like his oh, name the, the yeah, the auto body shop is called uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, is it G- no, it's not Giles. Uh, Niles, maybe? What's his name? But I mean, is this an, is that enough to make a good movie? These kind of references. I felt like this movie. A lot of times, I was waiting for it to finish starting. Like I just felt like it was a whole setup, and the movie's only seventy six minutes long. Yeah, it's an entire setup for a movie that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, well, like but the last scene is him fighting the the people who turn out to be the bad guys. But after that, you're like, all right, let's see him. And Michael J. Fox played basketball. He he was on the roof. You know, he was surfing on the roof of the van. So we got to see that kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. one good scene where he makes the wolf. The I mean, there's a lot of good scenes, but there's that great scene when he's um on the cop car. He makes the cop car into the Wolfmobile. Yeah. At the auto body shop, and then he solves one crime. But I just would have liked to have seen more or them embracing him as the uh, wolf cop. No, I'd yeah. agree with that, especially given the fact that the the film sort of hangs around the whole idea that it's wolf cop, you know, that it's this funny, you know, like that he's going to, I mean, and it seems to be setting it up like he's a bad cop, he's not good at it, and then he becomes a wolf and he embraces being a really good cop, even though he's a werewolf. And almost uh, like um, the scene when he busts up the uh, uh, the 7-Eleven, or it's, it's called something funny, I think it's called like... Liquor donuts, maybe I think that might be what it's called. Well, that's that's a reoccurring thing for fans. Yeah. Liquor donuts, yeah, yeah, and um, and, and like that, it had the feel of like RoboCop, you know, with the first scene in RoboCop when he kind of comes in and you know like shoots the guy in the in the dick through the lady's skirt, you know, like that uh-huh. kind of like first big like here comes right. Ro- RoboCop, here comes RoboCop, and like they had sort of that Wolf Cop thing, and I think I'd agree with you, it does kind of get hung up in like a lot of plot like the whole like shapeshifter plot those are the bad guys are the the shapeshifters yeah which i and it works in this film but for me personally i hate shapeshifters i hate it in x-men i hate it because there's no logic to it do you know what i mean there's no like if you're invisible you can't walk through, you're invisible you can't walk through walls you can't there's a limit, but once you can change shape, you can do anything you want. Like right now, you could be the shapeshifter, and I have no idea because you're a shapeshifter. Like all the rules are out the window. There's no structure. Does that make and, sense? And, yeah, and yeah. I mean, and also they didn't do a terrific job of establishing those rules. And I think they did a a pretty good job of the werewolf. I mean, they made the werewolf rules different, but it wasn't really clear. Like it definitely wasn't a full moon thing, and. At some point, like there was like an eclipse, and he would change at like 10 p.m. and it was like, why is it 10 p.m. and um, right. that was kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you on on shapeshifters, where it's sort of, or I mean, anything. If you if you're not clear about what the rules are and when they can do it and when they can't do it, then it 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 takes you away from it. And I think the film just didn't have time to focus on. You know, I mean, they did um they whether they turn back into these kind of lizard monsters, and you sort of they did that thing that movies do sometimes where they flip through the old book. They did it on Buffy all the time, you know? Right. Where they flip through the old book and it's like, oh, well, there's the, the right, the, the charcoal drawing from 1492 that ends up being exactly right on the money. <laughs> yeah. And they're a good artist. They got good illustrators. I don't know who you got for your book, but 
The, these guys were great. <laughs> and they managed to get the shapeshifter just to stay still in that shape so they could draw him. You know, like, that's it's very that's difficult. Right. How many times is that guy crumpling up? Stop changing. Keeps crumpling up the paper. Stay the lizard. Now you're right. me. No, go back to <laughs> the lizard. Damn it. I'm, I'm trying to make a woodcut of this. You're messing everything up. <laughs> well, if you see the cave, the hieroglyphics are just a lot of crossouts. It, had a, it took four or five caves so they finished that chapter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so th- there's that. But they do establish, so they try to establish stuff for the wolf. And I, I do think they wanted him to change when you know whenever. But also this eclipse, you know, not just a full moon, but this eclipse is like the big time. And it makes it why this is happening now. So it kind of sets up the movie a little bit of why we care. You know, why the shapeshifters want him now so they can sacrifice him at the eclipse. Um, but it's it definitely felt like like probably like one step too much, you know, and then like when his buddy ends up being one of the guys that's the shapeshifter, it was like, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't, it, it felt like, like that, that should either be sad or funny. And it kind of didn't really seem like either one, if that makes sense, you know, I felt betrayed, like betrayed as an audience member that he can't be that because he's helping him. Like, why is the buddy like, it's like Niles or whatever the guy's name is on, um, Teen Wolf all of a sudden being the bad guy. Right, unless he's going to have like a change of heart at some point, you know, and then decides in this instance he can't do it, you know. Right. Um, That would have added a little bit more to the movie too. Yeah. I felt, because then then why was he helping him? And it turns out the the super hot bartender who he has sex with is also a shapeshifter. So why was she, she was helping him because she was in, I guess they're all enabling him to be a werewolf, just like enabling an alcoholic and, I guess before I forget this great point I have, uh, if Teen Wolf is about puberty, this is about alcoholism, mm-hmm. right? So this is people enabling his alcoholism to, for, I guess, to sacrifice him. But uh, you know, the bartender keeps giving him drinks and encouraging him and, and lets him kill. It, it explains why he was okay with killing people in the bathroom and nobody, and the bartender didn't tell anybody. Oh, and the other thing that was. Uh that kind of bugged me about it was like, I guess the other guy who runs against the old lady, like he's the, you know, he gets killed in the sacrifice and he's sort of set up to be the noble guy. Like if you kill a noble guy. Right. But like, I didn't feel like the film did like a terrific job of making him noble. Like they have one scene where he comes into the bar at like, no. at like, you know, yeah, like three thirty, and he's like, yelling at the day drinkers and then he's surprised that the day drinkers are like upset. You <laughs> I know. know your audience. Yeah, he's, know. he's got the worst campaign manager ever. <laughs> right. I know. I know. Who, yeah. who did he think he was winning over in the bar at three thirty PM, you know, to the, to the temperance movement who was, you know, yeah. Cancel my appearance at the crack house. What? <laughs> but it took all week to get it. Trust me. I don't <laughs> think it's working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, so there's a lot of plot, like you said, and there's a lot of bad guys and that kind of confused me too. In the bar, there's a set of bad guys who I thought they would get rid of early because they yeah. just seemed out of place. Those seem like the sacrificial bad guys. Like, right. you know, like they're the, kind of yeah. yeah, like they were kind of like mm-hmm. that sets up that he's a badass. And then we have the real bad guys, the shapeshifters. But I guess they were, they just kind of pop back in at the end of the film. And they're like, right. oh no, we we're working for the shapeshifters the whole time, I guess. And, and, and you, know, you know who also kind of like, I really wanted to like, but didn't do anything. It was it was really funny. I love the the Tina cop character, and like they have that really funny gag of, you know, employee of the month, and it's just always Tina. Right. I I did like that. I like that 
he finally had uh she's a by the book cop and whatever but she doesn't give in she realizes that he can he's the right cop for the town they, they kind of didn't do much i mean she had another really funny line too where it's something like um he's like how did you find me and she's like uh i'm a police officer <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's it's such a surprise to him that a police officer would be able to track someone down it's like like that's a very funny detail but like i feel like he kind of didn't really ever have like the redemption of becoming a, a good cop. I mean, it's funny that he did the car and kind of busted into people and, you know, like who is it? It's the fuzz. He had a couple catchphrases that were sort of funny, but like there wasn't really ever a moment where it was like, he cares. Oh yeah. No w- wolf cop is really good at this or he's found his niche or he's, you know, uh, made his dad proud of him or, you know, right. That he always had, he just had to become a werewolf and that, yeah, I never saw that. I mean, I guess it was there. We just assume because we watched so many movies. But I, I think you're right. It was there's no moment for that. But I mean, I, I will also say that it's impossible to dislike this movie, kind of knowing how kind of bootstrapsy it is and what they were able to do. Like the decision of making the werewolf kind of burst out through the skin instead of having, you know, like the arms and legs grow and the hair grow out of the skin. It was just like somehow the werewolf is created inside you and then just bursts out leaving like a a skin bag, (laughs) you know? Um, And they do, I mean, like they do what all great B movies do is that scene with like, they open a werewolf transformation with his dick, which is like (laughs) remarkably ballsy for a B movie, you know, like, to just start it out with, like, honestly, like, the first scene that you have any idea that he's going to, obviously, you know he's going to be a werewolf, but, like, you know, the traditional American werewolf in London, you know, or really any werewolf movie, usually it's hands and eyes. You know, it's like, oh, look at my hand bending, or look at my eye eyes with the crazy contacts I have in, or look at me all of a sudden snarl when I have teeth. And they just went directly to this guy pissing blood, and then his penis explodes. And I was like, oh, well, this is a different movie. You know, at first I was offended, like, this is gross, but then I thought, this is fucking hilarious. They they really know that... So I mean, it, it I mean it's, it, it's definitely gross and offensive, but it, it's a thing to talk about. I mean, it, and it, even though the rest of the movie kind of has flaws... The marketing and the how how success how into it the fans are that gives them a thing to talk about, and it kind of reminds me of um, the uh, like the tree rape scene from the first Evil Dead, you know, where it's like that's a that takes a bizarre mind, man. Like you know, it, it's it's not you know, I mean, it, it it's not pleasant to watch, but like as you're looking at it, you're going, oh my god, I don't believe they're doing that. And I feel like that scene kind of taps into some of that a little bit, you know, like it and, you know, this is a movie that's made in like the woods in Vancouver on, you know, just a, a you know, a dollar and a dream. What do you know about this film, the background? Do you know anything? Uh... I mean, all, all I know about the background of it is being, you know, sort of like a representative of the werewolf community on Twitter. And I, you know, I have a tweet deck at work. I tweet at work. I work for uh, uh, True TV and I... Uh, also have my own Twitter feed, but I manage the Twitter accounts of like, you know, Impractical Jokers and True TV and uh, this new sketch show, Friends of the People. So I have a huge tweet deck open at work all day. So my werewolf tweet deck is just one category. And if I see something that is interesting, you know, I'll just take a second and, and tweet something out. And I just noticed that Wolf Cop was just popping and it just was so funny that it was this 
it was called Wolf Cop and they were, you know, I mean, I, we, uh, I, I sort of was aware of it. I don't know if they had a Kickstarter, maybe they had some Canadian version of a Kickstarter, but it was like this, just this weird, funny idea. And the, the art looked funny. I'm, I'm forgetting what the tagline was. But they had some kind of... Well, there's a couple of, like, like Dirty Harry, but Harry. Yes, 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 yes. Dirty Harry, but Harrier. And it was like, okay, these guys have a sense of humor about what they're doing. and um, But it didn't seem to be as cynical as, like, sort of the, uh, like the Sharknado or those... You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, the machine that puts out those, uh, those sci-fi... Like, Asylum, yeah. like direct camp kind of things, you know? And, I mean, and, and I enjoy those, too, for what, they're, what they are, you know? But, I mean... Um, it just had a real fun DIY feel and it seemed like they were being funny about it. And, um, and I started on very early, like, you know, writing like little bits of sample dialogue for Wolf Cop. And it was just like, you know, I think I had some joke where I wrote something like, um, you know, uh, you know, listen, is that, is that, is that, is that, is that howling or a siren? (laughs) And the guy goes, the guy goes both. And then Wolf Cop coming in, you know what I mean? Like, you know, awesome. and it was just sort of a fun, and so like you know, they retweeted it, and it just became like a fun community to be a part of. And and I, you know, I was definitely not a major player in that scene, but I was just observing it, and like you know, fans on Reddit would send in Wolf Cop artwork, and so it, it was the kind of thing where like I, I was rooting for it from from day one. And you know, there's, uh, I mean, God knows how you get a film funded or how much films cost, you know, or what, what, what something like that is going to cost. But it seems to me like from the buzz that they've managed to achieve when they say Wolf Cop 2 is coming, I, I look at Wolf Cop and yes, there's flaws in it, but you know, maybe it could be a situation like the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 thing where, you know, they, and like, there's a lot of stuff in the original Evil Dead that looks terrible. <laughs> I like Evil Dead 2 and I like Evil Dead. I like both of them. I, two is better. It, it just, well, I mean, it does. I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I think one is scarier. It's funny. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to make it all about Evil Dead. I could talk about Evil Dead for a whole other hour. But um, I think there is, there are parallels to be made in, you know, especially the way Raimi made the film. Like, it really was, it seemed like it was another one of these labors of love that they just went out and made. And, you know, Wolf Cop doesn't have a Bruce Campbell figure in it, unfortunately. You know, it doesn't have that guy that is so impossible to take your eyes off of but you know the attitude in the community and some of the chances that they take and some of the gross things they do are uh are admirable i think now is there a werewolf um standard like did somebody you obviously wrote the book but is there like something that people follow that have to be in every film that you know if they did the things differently this is different than normal is there yeah i mean like there's there's a lot of different there's a lot of different ways to interpret the metaphor and I had not seen blackout drunk as, as a metaphor in the past, um, which is an interesting way to take it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely beats that you see over and over again. I mean, one big one is the metaphor of the, uh, like abusive father, you know, um, where it's just like, you, you know, you get so angry and you beat up your wife and kid and maybe you kill them and then you wake up in the morning with blood on your hands and you go, what the fuck did I do? You know, um, and, and just the idea of the rage inside you all of a sudden taking control and you're violent and you don't maybe realize you're violent and you just see white and bad things happen. Um, and that's a real that's a real legit scary thing. And it can be interpreted as a horror story for 
the person going through it or the person who loves that person. And you see, like, like in the original Wolfman, it's, you know, see him looking down at the hand of the woman that he loves and seeing the, the star on her hand is like, I love you, but I'm going to kill you, you know? And there probably are certainly abusive alcoholics or people who've lived with abusive alcoholics that they go, I, I you know, I, I, I got to, this guy needs to be locked up, <laughs> you know? A lot of these movies, and you know what we talk about in the book too, is a lot of the werewolf movies uh, have to do. You, you see a lot of handcuffs. You see a lot of people trying to bind themselves, and you know, trying to control this thing, lock themselves in a cage, um, that kind of thing. You know, the idea is it can be, this is it can be controlled if you're very very careful and you you know have your act together. You know, the same way like when a when an alcoholic quits drinking, they don't stop calling themselves an alcoholic. You never stop being a werewolf. You just need to. Make sure you're locked up every 30 days. You know what I mean? You just don't take that first drink. That's all. So you think uh, Phil Spector should have tried that defense? The werewolf defense? I mean, he tried everything else. (laughs) It didn't work. I've seen it a lot. I actually have a Google search alert for werewolf and more people than you would think. Like once every couple of months, it's sort of, you know, this guy drank three bottles of vodka and took his shirt off and got into a CVS through a heating duct and then insisted that he was a werewolf. Like, it, you know, (laughs) it, it happens. Um, and they're, you know, I mean, the reason you don't have as many good werewolf movies is they're expensive. It's really hard to get a guy made up into a werewolf suit and not look totally stupid. Um, unless you're going to go the route of Wolf Cop where it's sort of the fact that it's, it doesn't look incredibly realistic is okay because you're kind of going tongue in cheek and you're going for a little bit of comedy in it. Right. If it, if it had too good a budget, it wouldn't be that good a film. Like you, you'd have to have standards. Well, I mean... I, for my money, it works the best. It's, it's, I feel the same way about horror and comedy in like, like the best, one of the best scripts ever is Back to the Future because all you have to do is buy one thing. You know, like if you just believe that an old man made a time machine out of a, out of a DeLorean, just believe that that happened and then you keep everything else the same. Like he, well, he goes back to his parents and his parents really would react this way and he really would react this way. And you, you set up a very simple set of rules. And then once that one, that way you're only asking your audience to accept one thing, you know, which is kind of a little bit of the problem of Wolf Cop where it's like, all right, well, he's this, he gets turned into a werewolf by this ritual. Okay, I'll buy that. And then it's like, well, there's also this like weird solstice thing and there might be some shapeshifters and the shapeshifter is the, but why is she having sex? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's lots of, there's lots, you're asked as an audience member to accept a lot of different things. I mean, one of the best werewolf movies unquestionably is American Werewolf in London. And it's, they set up the rules and they stick to them. You get bit by a werewolf, you're a werewolf. If the person you uh, attack and kill, that guy becomes a ghost and roams the earth until you die. And like, that's the genius bit of American Werewolf in London is just that dialogue between the ghosts and the werewolf when he's not a werewolf, you know, like the, the ability to get that exposition out there and. You know, those awesome Griffin Dunn scenes where his throat's all ripped out and he's just like, hello, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, and that, that he can talk in like nothing changes with those guys, you know, like they're still talking about the girls that they had crushes on in college, you know, while his throat is ripped out because 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 why not? You know, it's well within the rules. So. Um, so, yeah, there was a, a sex scene with her and the wolf. What do you think about the sex scene between her and this wolf? It, it definitely, like, I, I wrote down in my notes, I just saw, I said, that that might have been the, the stupidest sex scene I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> which, which, well, it, it went on for so long. It, I didn't, I mean, 
it was just silly. It was, I mean, I, I, and maybe the fact that it is the stupidest sex scene I've ever seen in my life does give it something interesting, you know? Um, but I mean, I also, you know, I mean, I know a little too much about werewolf stuff. There's a, have you, you ever heard of a book called The Wolf's Hour? No, what's that? It's about like a 600 page novel. Mm hmm. I'm on the Amazon summary, but the, uh, this, the Amazon summary is not as good. I'm going to get the book off the shelf. Hold on. You're going to love this. Prowler Resents, ProwlerResents.com. You can check us at Prowler Resents on Twitter. Go to our Facebook page. As Richie was saying about promoting your werewolf thing, you can hold on, Richie. I'm, Richie, I'm talking to the audience. One second. Uh, you can, the audience. You can uh, promote your werewolf stuff on Richie's uh, werewolf Twitter, but you can also, if you have a film or any kind of film thing coming up, go to our Facebook page, Proudly Resents, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Proudly Resents, and please feel free to promote your film or post any film news. And uh, that's it. Back to you, Richie. Tell me about this book. Uh, okay, I got I got the... Uh, it's called it's called The Wolf's Hour, and uh, it's by a, uh, a guy named Robert R. McCammon. <laughs> this was given to me after I wrote... I, the reason I wrote the werewolf book originally is I did a blog called uh, What Has Happened to Me. Blogspot.com, just about a guy who worked in a video store in Williamsburg who got bitten by a werewolf. And it was... Uh, I just played it straight, had a fake name, wrote a blog about a guy that, you know, all of a sudden was peeing on stuff and had heightened vision and, you know, didn't know what was happening to him. And then every 30 days, uh, there'd be no posts for three days. And then I'd, you know, write about like waking up covered in blood and having no idea what was going on. It was, and it was fun. It got like, it made me mildly internet famous, you know, in 2004, which is nothing like what it would be today. But it ended up one thing leading to another. Uh, it got, uh, uh, option for an independent film that never happened, and then it eventually led to me writing the Werewolf Guide. Um, but in the midst of that, um, somebody sent me this book called The Wolf's Hour, and I'm just going to read you the uh, <laughs> the uh, the back jacket uh, tease in case you're curious whether you want to read The Wolf's Hour. Um, okay, it's called The Wolf's Hour. He is Michael Gallatin, master spy, lover, and werewolf. Able to change shape with lightning speed, to kill silently or with savage, snarling fury, he proved his talents against Rommel in Africa. Now he faces his most delicate, dangerous mission, to unravel the secret Nazi plan known as the Iron Fist. From a parachute jump into occupied France to the lush corruption of Berlin, from the arms of a beautiful spy to the cold embrace of a madman's death machine, Gallatin grows ever closer to the ghastly truth about Iron Fist. But with only hours to D-Day, he is trapped in the Nazis' web of destruction." And this is a novel. I'm going to flip to the back here. It's 600 pages long. That's longer than War and Peace. At the end, Winston Churchill shows up. It's kind of amazing, but it like it has long werewolf person sex scenes in it. Like 10, 12, 13 page werewolf sex scenes where they start out having sex as people. And then one of them turns into a werewolf and the other one doesn't. And the other one turns into the werewolf and they have sex as werewolves. And one of them turns back. It's bonkers. So anyway, um, you can understand how uh, when <laughs> that scene in Wolf Cop made me think of the Wolf's Hour and how someone needs to adapt that. The, the time is now for a werewolf spy movie. So, Richie, here's the airplane test. And there's an airplane flying above me right now. That was on purpose. It's sound Good. effects. Nice work. Thank you. Thank nice you. work. If you were on a plane and this movie, Wolf Cop, was playing, would you watch the movie, plug in your headset with sound? Would you just sit back, watch it half-heartedly without sound, or would you walk out? Of the airplane? Yes. <laughs> uh, have I seen it before? 
No. Uh, I mean, given me and my background, and I have an affinity for werewolf movies and monster movies, I would definitely watch it with sound. I certainly wouldn't watch it without sound. I don't think the effects, it, it has that look to it of kind of, it might, it doesn't really quite look like a real movie sometimes. You know, it has sort of that digital video look to it. But I mean, you know, I, where they, you know, when they do spend money, I think they spend it effectively and the transformation scenes are fun and gross. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so long as, I think if you're intrigued by the fact that it's a movie named Wolf Cop and you think that's kind of funny, give it a shot. You know, don't think it's the greatest thing on earth, but it's uh, it, it certainly uh, it certainly pays off for what it is. I think so too, and I think the short running time does it a favor because there isn't a lot to this movie besides a great title and some you know some funny scenes, and I think that's what you're selling. It's this great feeling of going to see Wolf Cop, you know, the most ridiculous title ever. Snakes on a plane, you know, you can't live up to the hype and the hope that this is fantastic. So I would recommend it because it's on Netflix for free. If you want to pay for it, you can go to proudlyresents.com slash Wolf Cop and buy it on Amazon. And also just Teen Wolf, and I haven't seen it. I don't know if it holds up, but I still remember how good that film was, like how different, just because it was so different. And And I feel like this movie is funny and it's goofy, and it gives you a cop that's a wolf, you know, and it gives you some weird scenes and exploding penises. But it doesn't sit with me of like, holy shit, this, you know, is something totally new. No, no, I wouldn't say that. And I mean, you know, I, I think it's it, it's my, my criticism is my my praise. It's the same words. I wish there was more wolf cop. Let's talk about your book real quick. What's the, some of the tips if somebody was listening to the show by, and they're still listening and they've been turning into a wolf? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, the, we have a, a, a passage in the beginning called Read This First, and it's just basically sort of a top 10 guide to, uh, you know, if you are a werewolf. And uh, the, uh, the, last, um, the last couple of points are uh, not, from 7 through 10. This is sort of the key, the key passages if you're uh, thinking you might be a werewolf. Uh, number seven is uh, this book, uh, The Werewolf's Guide to Life, a manual for the newly bitten was created to save human lives, including yours. Number eight, Hollywood horror movies are not to be used as guides to living with lycanthropy. Their goal is not to educate, but to entertain. As a result, they are largely ignorant of the realities of the condition. Number nine, ignorance creates monsters. Lycanthropy does not. And finally, number 10, you are not a monster. That's very sweet. So... That's the, uh, you know, and, and I will say that when I was writing this book, uh, uh, my wife was pregnant with my daughter, who is now uh, going to turn six in June. And I was, as I was writing this book, it was absolutely a cross between um, all the werewolf movies I loved from Teen Wolf. There's some Teen Wolf stuff in there. There's American Werewolf in London. There's uh, Silver Bullet, which I think is terrific. But it's all combined uh, through the lens of what to expect when you're expecting, because I was reading that book as well. And it, it, it could very easily be called What to Expect When You're Expecting to Be a Werewolf. So if you want to buy that book, you can go to our website, uh, proudlyresents.com slash wolfcop. And then, Richie, how do we reach you? Uh, I'm uh, Richie D on Twitter, R-I-T-C-H-I-E-D uh, on Twitter. And uh, also the Werewolf's Guide Twitter. Let me see. It's, uh, uh, yes, it's uh, Werewolf Guide to Life Twitter is uh, at werewolf underscore guide. It's the definitive lifestyle manual for newly bitten werewolves, you know. And basically, what that is is just sort of what it what it has become. That Twitter feed is just sort of uh, chiming in and saying funny things about the werewolf community and or uh, busting about busting on werewolves. I just make uh, tons of uh, ant uh, not, not werewolves vampires. I just bust on vampires as much as I can. 
there's a uh, there's a chapter in our book. We just decided this this book came out close by to the uh, the whole Twilight thing, and uh, and so we just sort of made a, an editorial decision that vampires and werewolves don't get along, and uh, the the chapter of uh, dealing with with uh, with vampires actually uh, uh, my co-author Bob Powers came up with this line, but I love it. We're dealing with uh, vampires. He says uh, the, the subhead of the chapter is called navigating your interactions with the smug, effeminate undead. <laughs> that sounds so, like a Bob Powers. Yeah. So we just we just sort of made the decision that werewolves are sort of these earthy, you know, uh, living, uh, passionate creatures. And uh, and vampires are sort of, you know, like, you know, they're just sort of dusty and pale and weird and <laughs> and. uh uh, and dead they're dead guys you know um so uh i have a lot of fun kind of making fun of making fun of vampires on the uh, uh on the twitter feed as well that's awesome check that out thanks uh richie and i have to bring this up mm-hmm. when we knew each other back in the 90s mm-hmm. how long did you use a code a uh, a hanger for your for your glasses before you realize you can replace it for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's I had a coat hanger on my glasses. Well, I also had a bit about having the coat hanger on my glasses, so that elongated it a little bit because it was a funny bit that I had a coat hanger. But yeah, no, the one of the earpieces on my glasses busted off, and I uh, yeah bent a, a coat hanger and snipped it off with wire snippers and and created one half of my glasses was a, a piece of a coat hanger, and it probably was on there for a year. I wouldn't be surprised. And it was your face. It was, on, it was on my face, yeah, for like a year. Uh, yeah. By the way, I was so broke, I thought you were a genius <laughs> until you told me when you finally got it fixed that it cost you like three bucks. It cost three dollars to go in and be like, yeah, can, you, can you put, like you go into the glasses, like because glasses cost a lot of money, but I had no idea. You couldn't go into the glasses store and just be like, hey, can, I, can you screw this on here? And it would cost two dollars, and I, like, a year I walked around. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, I'm glad everything worked out. It did. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing the show, Rich. Of course, it's uh, it was my pleasure. It's always a- any time, man. I love doing it. All right, and we'll we'll talk about uh, we didn't talk about Dog Soldier. Um, I brought that up because people, I, a couple of people I interviewed randomly said that was the worst movie they ever saw. Um, I I'm not as a werewolf fan. I'm not a huge fan of Dog Soldiers, but I'm it's uh, Neil Marshall's first movie, and I'm like a huge fan of that guy. He's done some really interesting stuff. He did uh, The Descent, which is one of my favorite horror movies, like of all time. And uh, I think he's like directing like Game of Thrones now too. He's done he's done some good, you know, good actiony um, uh, horror kind of gory genre stuff. So uh, I'm when I saw it, I didn't care for it but i'm it came out in 2002 so i'm uh I, i'd be willing to take a look at it again through fresh eyes of the fact that this is a guy who's created some some really terrific work you know we'll go to bed rich i'll talk to you later thanks all right thanks adam Adam, we're out of time for this interview. Thanks for listening to Proudly Resents. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com or on our comment line. Ready? Get a pencil. (laughs) I'll wait. Okay? Got one? Okay. 646-481-5476. Six. Keep it clean and short. We might air it. Join us on Facebook or be old school and go to our website, 
ProudlyResents.com. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, StumbleUpon, Dig, you know, all those things. Tell a friend, I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone.